Help defend the church by becoming a supporter of Family Life International. Your contributions enable us to continue our work to promote the faith, defend the family and promote the sanctity of life. Make a real difference today. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk slash donate. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. There was a lawyer who, to disconcert Jesus, stood up and said to him, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What do you read there? He replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. You have answered right, said Jesus. Do this, and life is yours. But the man was anxious to justify himself and said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was once on his way down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of brigands. They took all he had, beat him, and then made off, leaving him half dead. Now a priest happened to be traveling down the same road. But when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite who came to the place saw him and passed by on the other side. But the Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion when he saw him. He went up and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. He then lifted him onto his mount, carried him to the inn, and looked after him. The next day he took out two denarii and handed them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and on my way back I will make good any extra expense you have. Which of these three do you think proved himself a neighbor to the man who fell into the brigand's hands? The one who took pity on him, he replied. Jesus said to him, Go and do the same yourself. The Gospel of the Lord.
Saint, Saint Luke in today's gospel tells us of the lawyer who wished to embarrass our Lord, to disconcert him. And he chooses to do so in a very subtle way. Yet at the same time, the question that he asked is of the utmost importance, not only for himself, but even for us today. What must I do to inherit eternal life? That's the question all of us must ask. We must ask ourselves this question. And of course, we must ask the Lord, who has already given us the answer. It is not the first time that our Lord was asked this question. Remember the rich young man? Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And what did our Lord respond? Keep the commandments. Which one? replied the young man. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Honor your father and your mother. But, said the young man, I've kept all of these. Very good. The lawyer asks the question, What must I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord asks him, What do you read in the law? John the Baptist was also asked that question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? To which he responded, be content with your wages. At least that's what he told the soldiers. No extortion, no abuse, no violence. But today, what must we do? Well, certainly, the first thing is to keep the commandments. We can't get past that. If we're not keeping the commandments, of which there are ten, we're not even on the road to eternal life. In fact, we're going in the other direction. What do you read in the law? asks our Lord. And the lawyer responds, you must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your affections, with all your soul, your life force, your ambitions, with all your mind, your understanding, with all your strength, your energy. And then, love your neighbor as yourself. So, the Ten Commandments are reduced to two. Love God, and love the image and likeness of God, your neighbor. How do we love God? The Lord tells us, if you love me, 
you will keep my commandments. If we, not, if we are not keeping the commandments, we do not love God. It's as simple as that. How do we love our neighbor? We can put it in one word, which the Lord did, compassion. We have to be compassionate. And what does compassion mean? It means essentially having mercy, having a sense of pity for those who suffer. Whether they suffer through their own fault or whether the misfortunes of life have overtaken them. We cannot have compassion for those who are not suffering. Compassion and suffering go together as two sides of a coin. And so the Lord speaks the parable which we all know, the parable of the Good Samaritan. But our Lord was also giving us an even deeper understanding of our redemption, how we are, and how we are given eternal life. Before we can unravel the parable, we need to understand a number of terms. First of all, what is the role of a priest? What is the function of a priest? Essentially one, to offer sacrifice. How do we know this? Because the scriptures tell us. And certainly before the scriptures, the church tells us. Every high priest is taken from among men, says a letter to the Hebrews, to offer gifts and sacrifices to God on behalf of men. That's the definition of a priest. What is a Levite? The Levites were assistants to the priests, a bit like our deacons. Their job was to carry the water and the wood to the temple. They were to prepare the sacrifices. For us, the Levites, are those who teach, bring understanding to what is being done. What is a Samaritan? A Samaritan is a person, or was, a person of mixed race. After the kingdom of Israel had been divided by Rehoboam's foolishness, you had Judah to the south, Israel to the north. God continued his fidelity to Judah. Israel in the north had abandoned him. The Assyrians eventually came and took their ten tribes in the north, the Israelites, off into the pagan world and replace them with Gentiles. These Gentiles mingled with, the, with the, those who remained in Israel 
and so you had a mixed race. They then attempted to live the, the um, Jewish life, the, the, the life of the Israelites, by adopting the five books of Moses. So if you like, the Samaritans were half-Jews. The Jews hated them. And that's why there was this friction between the two. Okay. Let's try and unravel the parable with these terms in mind. A man was on was once on his way down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Where's Jerusalem? Well, Jerusalem is a symbol of heaven, paradise. Jericho is a place of the moon, transition, this world. In the symbolism of the scriptures, Jerusalem represents paradise, Jericho, this world. The man leaves paradise and comes down to this world. Who is this man? Our first father, Adam. Adam was created in paradise, but by his sin he was cast out into this world. Isn't that so? And he fell into the hands of brigands. Whose hands? The devil. Who took all that he had. Adam was dressed in God's grace. He was created in a state of perfect righteousness, justification. He was clothed with God's grace. By his sin, the devil took away his initial righteousness. Beat him. Which indeed he did because Adam was bruised and made off leaving him half dead. On the day you eat the fruit, you will die the death. When Adam met, did he die? Did he die? God said he would die. Did he die? Yes, he did. He died in his soul. He died a spiritual death. The death of the body would follow later. So he was indeed half dead. A priest happened to be traveling down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. Why? Because sacrifices could not restore fallen human nature. Sacrifices could not restore Adam. The scriptures themselves tell us this. If you wanted bulls and bullocks, I would offer them. Goat's blood and bull's blood cannot take away sin. Sacrifices are useless for taking away sin. And that's why they could not help wounded Adam. That's why the priest passed by. And what about the Levite? 
the Levite's job is to teach. To proclaim the law. But the law itself couldn't help. Because all the law did was to point out sin. It did not free us from sin or the consequences of sin. So the Levite passed by as well. Along comes the Samaritan. Who is the Samaritan? Who is the good Samaritan? The good Samaritan is he who is also the good shepherd and the good physician. Christ Jesus, who has two natures in the unity of one person. He is both God and man. So, the Samaritan is a very good description of him. He has joined the two into one. And so, when he came along, he saw human nature wounded, half dead, on the roadside. He had compassion. He took pity. What did he do? He went up to him, bandaged his wounds. What happened to the man? He was stripped of everything he had. Christ Jesus bandaged our wounds by covering us with his grace. Poured oil and wine on them. The wine, which would be a kind of antiseptic. The oil, which would soothe the pain. And so in pouring the wine, he is actually pouring out his blood. And he's also, with the oil, given us the grace of the Holy Spirit. He lifted him onto his own mount. What is his mount? His own body. He made us members of his body. Christ has only one body. His mystical body. The Catholic Church. He has no other body than this. He has made us members of it. He carried him to the inn. Where is the inn? The church. Because after his ascension, Christ went up to heaven, but he left the church on earth. It still remains his body, because when Saul was persecuting him, or rather when Saul was persecuting his members, Christians on earth, the Lord in heaven cried out, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Because if someone steps on my foot, I say, why are you stepping on me? Why are you hurting me? So the inn is his church, and he looked after him. And it is in the church, his church, his mystical body, the one true vine, that Christ looks after us, human nature. The next day, his ascension, 
he took out two denarii, two coins, and handed them to the innkeeper. Who is the innkeeper? Peter. On this rock I will build my church. Peter and his successors. He gave them two coins and said, Look after him. On my way back, second judgment, I will make good any extra expense you have. So what are these two coins? Well, what was Adam's problem? Sin and death. He sinned and he was left half dead. He was unrighteous and he lost immortality. The good Samaritan comes, Christ, who is righteousness itself and immortal life, eternal life. And he gives these to the innkeeper, these two coins. Why not three coins or four coins? Because there are only two things we need to know. We forget who passed by, the priests and the Levites. They could not help because they did not have the power of Christ. But now Christ has given them the power. So we have what? We have instruction, the truth, knowledge, which is given by the Levite. That's the first coin. And the second coin is the sacrifice. The sacrifice of the Mass. Not a celebration. The Mass is first and foremost a sacrifice. You are here for a sacrifice. These are the two coins he left. So now the priest and the Levite can help. They will not pass by on the other side. Because there is a new priest and a new Levite. Our Lord said, the truth will make you free. The scriptures tell us the importance of knowing the truth. Because the tr What is truth? I am the truth, said Christ. And if we know him, we have that first coin. And if we know what we're doing at the altar, we have the second coin. And he says... Look after him. On my way back, I will make good any extra expense. Because there will be some who will be saved, but they have to pass through the fire. Which of these, says the Lord, do you think proved himself a neighbor to the man who fell among brigands? And of course the answer is Christ himself. He has proved himself to be truly a neighbor to us because he has come all the way from heaven to be with us and to remain with us. Do not forget this. He remains with us in the blessed sacrament. He remains. I do not leave you orphans. I'm with you always to the end of time. Christ can be found nowhere else.
than in his church. The one holy, catholic, and apostolic church. Let us then always try to live the kind of life he has set for us as an example. Having compassion on those who are less fortunate than ourselves. Even as he sacrificed himself on the cross for us, we also need to sacrifice ourselves for our neighbor. Because we are members of his body. He is the head, we are the members. He is the vine, we are the branches. Let us ask him that we might remain in his love today and always. To whom be honor and glory forever and ever. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Thank you.